For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You can catch us. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by Carolina Cat Chronicles, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. And tonight is a big, big time show as the Panthers make another sizable acquisition in free agency. It's kind of the cherry on the top of what has been quietly a phenomenal free agency by by Marty Herney. But the Carolina Panthers have signed Gerald McCoy. That is right. The Panthers are the real McCoy. That's tonight's show, episode 19.18. I'm here with Cody Lashley in the house. I know you're excited about this Panthers defense. Ba 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 ba! I'm loving it because we just got the Big Mac, baby, the real McCoy, Gerald McCoy. I'm ecstatic, man. Marty Herney really has gone out of his way, and he's put a lot of really talented players on this offensive and defensive line. And that's what you and I were saying and pounding the table for all last season, all into the off season. I'm excited, and nothing to it but to do it. We got some great guests tonight. Tony Dunn, let's roll, brother. All right, we got uh, Gene Thomas in the house. Buck, what you heard, longtime friend and my compadre. Whenever we get that uh, South Side, uh, South, what was it? What did we used to do? South, South bounding down. <laughs> we got to get that back. We got to get the Southbound and down, South down and bound. I can't even say it. <laughs> we got to get it back, man. We we really do. We uh, I think we had great chemistry. It was a lot of fun, and and I miss it a lot. It's a nice way to talk around the league, about, you know, about people, other teams you need to be informed on. You get such tunnel vision when it comes to your own team, or at least we do. I know that fans were so fanatic, we hyper-focus on our own team. Sometimes it's helped to get a nice set of eyeballs from the outside. That's why we brought on Gene from Buck What You Heard podcast tonight to help us understand this Gerald McCoy uh, as a player and what he could add to the Carolina Panthers defense. So we've got a fantastic show for you guys tonight. We want you to be a part of the show by participating in the chat room. We we know we got the most lit chat room in Panther Nation right now. These guys are excited. I know that you guys have been pumped waiting for the show to get your two cents in. You can call into the show 252 
888-228-5098. That's the Cat Calls line. There's a lot of calls and a lot of perspectives to be had going forward. So we've got a lot to talk about. So let's go right into it. Cody, the Panthers, bring up the hype video. Bring up the hype video. The Panthers have signed Gerald McCoy. Quietly, I was getting excited. Quietly, I thought this is the type of move that the Panthers need to do to add talent, to add experience, to add leadership on a defense that is looking for a new, that has a new look to it. New look, young faces, and now we got a six-time Pro Bowler in the house. Hype me up. Later on, it's a montage of reactions. Carolina Panther uh, players themselves welcoming Gerald McCoy into the house. You saw Greg Olson popping bottles of champagne. Not literally, he did a gif of that. You saw Shaq Thompson excited about it. You saw Christian McCaffrey excited about it. And now I want to hear how excited is Cody about it. Man, I am pumped, man. I honestly, you know, I was putting on Twitter... I believe that we will receive, man. I believed in my heart of hearts that this was going to happen. You know, whenever the NFL Network does the top 100 players of the past season, they always interview Gerald McCoy, and Gerald McCoy always has rave reviews about Cam Newton, man. You know, he might hate playing against him, but he's always respected Cam Newton, the player. He's got a big personality. He's a nerd, man. He has a life-size statue of Batman in his house. I mean, come on. The dude had Game of Thrones cleats made for him uh, the season before last. Dude, I'm so pumped. Uh, It doesn't matter what scenario you put him in. That's an upgrade to our offensive line. You can play him as a three-tech in a 4-3 alignment or as a five-tech defensive end in a 3-4 alignment. I mean, it gives you a lot more versatility. Um, you know, he, he can be a rotational guy on 4-3, a starter in a 3-4. I love it. And then everyone kind of always felt Dontari Poe was better at a nose tackle. So put him at zero, let him eat up space in the middle, let K-1 and, and the real McCoy eat up space and get after the quarterback. I'm, I'm, I'm happy, man. I, I cannot remember a time going into the offseason where I was this pumped up about the defense and what all the new things that we were doing, man. Bruce Irvin and Christian Miller, Brian Burns as a first-round pick. I mean, this looks to be a fast, mobile, dynamic defensive front, and I'm here for it, man. I don't know how you could want anything else out of an offseason for our defensive line. All right, I want to go to Gene Thomas, a Buck What You Heard podcast. Also got some fans in the chat room of his Beer Man t-shirt right now, rocking the Beer Man, Batman symbol together. Gene, you know, longtime friend of the show. We go way back and doing NFC South 
uh, shows together. What do we have in this player, Gerald McCoy? Where is he at? 31 years. Uh, as soon as he signs with the Panthers, people are saying he's ev- everybody else. All of a sudden, he got old as soon as he signed with the Panthers. Tell me, Gerald McCoy, six-time Pro Bowler, how good is he? What has he got left for us? Uh, Gerald McCoy is a playmaker, and you you will get plays out of him. And you you mentioned Don Terry Poe and and uh, KK Short. I mean you you've got you you've got a, a defensive line that's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a, a problem for offensive coordinators. Uh, you know, scheme wise, if you know just based just based on what you have on paper. And uh, again, he's he's a guy that you will see plays. I mean, that's the the one thing that he does. If they allow allow him to go out and hunt for the quarterback. Uh, that's what he does best, and that's what you will get out of him. So, you know, what I what I was going to kind of respond to Cody, too, in this is what I think Gerald McCoy does when he comes to the Carolina Panthers is he adds a veteran presence uh, to that defensive line that is needed. That was much needed in this event, being that you've had a Julius Peppers retire at this point, Mario Addison is the elder but really you know we're we're hot and cold we don't know if he can be a leader of an entire of a defense by himself kk phenomenal player but still a little young but not i mean he is ready to assume that leadership role but i think it's going to be a lot easier when you add uh, a guys like bruce Irvin to the team when you add Gerald McCoy, but more importantly, what you've added is not just a veteran presence, but actual talent, right? And now, Cody, when you go to that 3-4 defense and you put a Poe in the middle, I think Gerald McCoy is the fast athletic tackle that can win in that type of system as a defensive end. I don't know if... You could, if uh, maybe an FA Obata could hold that entirely on his own. No, I don't think that it could. And I've always felt that Kwan Short and Gerald McCoy were very similar players in their style of play. I mean, they're doing wushu out there. They they win with their hand movements. They're not necessarily the most overtly physical guys in the world. They don't have a the the, the strength of a Fletcher Cox per se but they're great with their hands. They're technicians. They know how to disengage with the guards in front of them and uh, slip in between the gaps and get into the backfield and and blow up runs and get after the quarterback. And they have an eye for where the ball goes. They know where the run play is going. They know that they have effective moves to be able to rush the passer. And I I feel that uh, the same way for K1 Short and Gerald McCoy, I absolutely feel that they are going to be just fine Playing five tech as a as a defensive end in the three four, uh, three or four tech five, it doesn't matter. They have the versatility to be able to play those positions, and um, and, you know, it kind of lends to what you've been saying, Tony, that this three four, uh, Panthers defense is a lot more than something that we're just dabbling with. It looks to be, you know, the the stepping stones to a real transition to that kind of a defense. Yeah, and and just keep in mind too that you know you will see them transition back to that nickel quite a bit as well. Uh, you look at the the lineup that you guys have of linebackers that um, can at any time rush the quarterback. 
Um, you can dial up a lot of different exotic blitzes as well. Um, I think that you, you've set yourself up in a position where you can rotate these guys out, keep them fresh throughout the year. And uh, if an injury does occur, uh, you're still going to have a pretty dominant uh, defensive line. Good point about the depth and the rotation. The necessity of, of being able to to weather a full season is important. And I think what you need to do is um, we should have Chris Jenkins, uh, Charlotte Vibe coming in to the show in just a moment. Cody's going to bring him, work to bring him in. But one of the things I think is that like when you looked at what the Panthers had executed in the offseason in this plan, you thought this could work. But there is a, there was a certain fragileness to the plan. Things needed to work uh, very well. You needed to have Brian Burns to come in and be a contributor. You hope maybe you get a little out of Christian Miller. You hope that Mario Addison all of a sudden is going to be the guy that you said he could be in a 3-4 defense. And then you hope that the Panthers can transition this smoothly. But it was still fragile with that newer addition talent. This, I think, brings you some pr- – doesn't – I think it brings you a proven player that you can put in there for a short amount of time. It's one year. You did not risk a lot to do this. You solidified a lot to do it. Now, we've got our next guest on the show joining us in this panel celebrating uh, the the acquisition, or at least our end celebrating the acquisition of Gerald McCoy. Uh, Gene's over there just passively watching this unfold. But Charlotte Vibe in the house, Chris Jenkins. Can you hear me, Chris? Hey, can you hear me is the better question. We can. Yes, we can. The man of the people himself. The man of the people himself. That's him. Technical difficulty. Hey, I need Joey to come and run my production studio, please. You got to send me a quote after the show, man. <laughs> hey, man, I'll hook you up, brother. We're gonna. I'll, I'm gonna give you. I'll email email me. I'll give you some pro tips because when I say pro tips, it always goes wrong. Don't worry, it always goes wrong. It is like I was saying. There is a certain fragileness to live <laughs> broadcasting much like the fragileness that was going to be around with the Carolina Panthers defense. All right. You were there, Chris. What was the kind of the mood? Uh, I feel like this is that what I like, I love about these moments right here is that for so long Panthers media, not the people that work for the team, just the overall professional media, any time a free agent comes about and we're like, we got to get him. We need this guy in here. They're like, oh, you guys are thinking out of turn. I think even the media was excited about this. <laughs> I think that they were like, they were licking their chops at a story at this point in the season. What was the guys, sentiment? I mentioned, this, I mentioned this when I was on last time that McCoy could possibly be a Panther. Yeah, you did. What was the sentiment today, Chris, at Bank of America as they did that press conference as Gerald McCoy addressed Panthers media? Well, I mean, from the media perspective, heck yeah, we're happy, man. It's like, you know, big news, you know, six-time pro bowler. You know, you you need some – we always need stuff to talk about. So media, media was happy, but the mood in that press conference, I really I, – I knew nothing much about McCoy before last week. And as soon as this guy starts talking and he does his little introduction, I'm like, man, he seems like really, really 
real and cool and just honest and sincere. And not that anybody seemed pretty faked and like a product in the past, but it just came off extremely genuine. And then he, when he started talking about his reasons for coming and the interaction that he felt with the team, it all felt like just so like feel good story of the year, man. It, I mean, it was really awesome. It was really awesome to be in there. Here is McCoy uh, making some remarks about why he had why he chose Carolina. The fact that you get to play Tampa twice in the NFC South, what kind of role did that play in the decision? Uh, you know, a lot of people put more into that than they should. Uh, the reason I'm here is because I was quoted as saying I wanted to go to a contender. And every ounce of me feels like this team is a true contender, you know. And um, the NFC South champs are the New Orleans Saints, and they're known to have a great offense. And in order to take them out, you got to have a great defense. And Carolina Panthers have been known to have a great defense. And I just want to add to that. And I truly believe uh, with the addition of me and all the pieces that are already here, you got a great shot. All right, Chris. What, as you're hey, looking- that's it. I'm not coming on the court to show anymore. You're not playing my questions. I'll, that was the deal. If I come on here, you play my questions. I got your question. <laughs> I actually have your question. And I think it was, was it this one? No, here I got your question somewhere. Oh, now, I'm just you asked, now you don't even know who's on your show. No, no, I don't <laughs> got, no, that wasn't, I have your question somewhere. It wasn't the Sue number because you're, that's Joe Person. I got you in there somewhere. You had the best question today. Tell us what, go ahead. Why don't you tell us what you asked Gerald McCoy? Because I think it had something to do with uh, old Ronnie Rivera. Yeah, I asked him, you know, he's talked about a lot of different things, but I wanted him to tell me what was the single most reason, uh, what stood out from his conversations with Ron and the team to make his decision. Are you still queuing it up? No, uh, you're going to have to just tell us what he said because I'm not going to find it. I honestly forget at this moment. Because he said this was so Cody's much. clip. Cody got the clip. It said this is that Ron Rivera is proven. He's been proven successful in this league. He's He's been successful at every level from coordinator to head coach. And when you got him and you got a good proven coach like that and you've got an MVP, and I yeah. believe his words were, uh, once an MVP, always an MVP who is touching the ball on each snap. A lot of good things can happen from that. He really responded to your quote to your question, Chris, and the reason he did is because of the coaching carousel that he has been a part of or he has witnessed while he's been in Tampa over the last nine years. And so there was that was a stability. And I was gonna ask this. And Cody, I'll t- and I'll, I'll I'll start with you, Cody, and then we'll go to Chris, and then get Gene on this. Is um, we've heard, we've heard the players were big in recruiting McCoy. We he talked yeah. he he talked significantly about uh, Ron Rivera. He uh, responded positively about David Tepper. It seems like the Panthers, the the Carolina Panthers, at least from a player standpoint. 
have a slight destination feel for free agents a little bit where there is something attractive about having a coach that's been around for a while, an owner who is enthusiastic about winning. These things seem to be working in our favor, Cody. Absolutely, man. I mean, for such a long time now, you've heard players you know, speak about the camaraderie that there is in that locker room. Even last year, when we started losing all those games, they never gave up on Ron Rivera. They never gave up on the team. Cam Newton played to the very bitter end until his shoulder. Damn near couldn't throw the football anymore. But this is a team that's all in, man. All these guys, they, they believe that they are a championship contending football team going into next season. And they felt Gerald McCoy uh, would be a big part of, of helping the Panthers reach that next level. Um, you know, I feel all NFL players are friends on a certain level, no matter what team you play for. And especially the fact that we have to play Tampa Bay two times a year. McCoy knows all the players very well. He's a huge fan of Cam Newton. And it, it just doesn't seem too far-fetched that the players would go out of their way to, you know, say, hey, Gerald, we got something special going on here in this locker room, man. We want you to be a part of it. Uh, I know he told the story about, in 2014, he told Trey Turner that Trey Turner was going to be a Pro Bowl guard, and sure enough, that's what happened. So he already has a little bit of a built-in rapport with a lot of the players on the football team, and it's a it's a perfect match, man. And our players wanted him to be here. Ron Rivera wanted him to be here. And, hey, he's a Carolina Panther. All right, Chris Jenkins, Charlotte Vibe, who has been covering this team, credentialed reporter covering this team since before this podcast was in existence. Chris, you've seen a lot of things happen a lot. You've seen changes in general management. Is he you've... drinking a beer? Yeah. What yeah, we drinking? drink on the podcast, dude. Yeah. Tell one back. Yeah. Tell one back. He has a shirt that says beer man on it. Of course he's drinking a beer. <laughs> I don't so, have anything. Man. My question is this is you've seen the temp you've seen GM changes twice. You've seen scandal unfold and now ownership changes. <laughs> Do you believe at this point where where are the Panthers? He seems like he fits in our locker room. How's the feel? You said he was a cool he seemed like a cool dude. What is just the temperature and tone of the Panthers culture at this moment? Are is, are people feeling kind of loose in a good way uh, at Bank of America? Yeah, I would say they feel extremely loose in a very positive way. It's something that probably has not been talked about. Again, going back to the character of Gerald and how sincere he was, his wife was in the room today. And I don't recall any player having his wife present during their press conference or coming in. Says he has five kids, but... He, he, he did speak a lot about the, the camaraderie and the fit and just how it just felt right. It wasn't that, that Baltimore or Cleveland did anything wrong. He said their pitches were solid, pretty good. But it was just how much of a fit. Like, he just felt it inside with this team. And I, I like, get excited about that. And I feel like this was, if I was to say, I'd say players, number one, convinced him. Uh, Rivera, number two. And then I'd say Herney and Tepper three and four because I asked him about speaking with Tepper and he basically said yes he did, but he didn't say anything like memorable from it other than acknowledging that he did also speak with Tepper. He he spoke about Ron Rivera's character and liking that a lot as well. But I still really feel like that going out to lunch with those guys and the fact that they took time to do it and the fact that it was a place that wasn't 
the coolest steak or burger place to have meat. <laughs> he really took that to heart as like, you know, I appreciate you guys really want me here. So it's pretty positive, man. You, you got to like any team with that kind of unity. You feel like they can play even better than their talent may be because of that chemistry. Gene, uh, Gerald McCoy has been an interesting figure in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization for the last decade. A player who has been really the only consistent star you've had through all these regime changes, even if we talk about Levante David or the guy who went to um, San Francisco. Alexander. Yeah, Quan Alexander. These guys, they're a lot shorter stints right there. You've got a multi-year, you know, multiple year, multiple contracts with this player. With all of that, is that McCoy never seemed to be entirely ingratiated with the fan base. While we are looking at this individual, licking our chops about how he's going to fit in so well, how he seems like he can walk right into the room with a Cam Newton, or a Trey Turner, or a KK. Why is it, tell us a little bit about that personality and how that fit in Tampa Bay. You know, uh, to be very honest, I don't I don't believe it's a, um, a personality issue. Uh, in, when he first came into the league, there was a lot of association with Gerald McCoy and Warren Sapp. And I think that was, uh, it, that raised the expectations pretty high. Uh, first two seasons, he ended up with season ending, ending injuries, uh, you know, as the season progressed. And that didn't really help matters either. As you know, as, and you consider into five different defensive coordinators uh, throughout his his stint with with Tampa. It doesn't it doesn't help. And, you know, it really makes sense what you're talking about when you talk about a, a player that is talking to a Ron Rivera. You have that stability. Uh, you don't have that turnover, and it's definitely something that you can look forward to. You know, not to take anything away from Cleveland or, or the Ravens, but what Ron Rivera has been able to do, uh, you know, he's been able to bring players in. And to be honest, I think this is probably one of the more, you know, being objective here, this is probably one of the more underrated free agencies that I've seen of the teams in the NFL, what uh, the Carolina Panthers have been able to do on paper. Uh, it's very underrated, uh, just the players that they've been able to bring in. And uh, you're switching over to a 3-4 defense, and you've got a lot of pieces that can can definitely help that. So uh, I think Joe McCoy watches game film uh, more than a lot of people. He's very football savvy, and this probably looked like the best fit for him where he could come in and do what he does best and play to his strengths. So, uh you know, just looking at this uh, from as an outsider looking in, uh, I think Gerald McCoy did what was best for him to where he could succeed and possibly get a big paycheck after this. You cannot take away anything from the Browns because they have nothing to take away. I'm <laughs> well, sorry. They have not you, won. I don't... You, look, you look at what they're putting together over in Cleveland yeah. and, and, how the, and you look at the hype train right now. And, and again, that's why I say Gerald McCoy is a very football savvy player. I'm sure he looked at all the scenarios and felt like this was probably the best scenario for him where he could go and hunt the quarterback, which is what he does best. So again, I, I look at all these different teams and again, not to take anything away from anybody else, but I felt like 
when you talk about st- stability, you talk about players, uh, you talk about scheme. I think this was definitely probably the best fit for Gerald McCoy. My theory. Ted DeLong in our chat room says, Jen has that cool ESPN radio voice. So <laughs> you've got, you got a fan out, out there. Uh, Jen, and a face you, made for radio. <laughs> hey, that's Joe Riolano's line right there. He loves to drop that one. Uh, I was going to say my theory about why Joe, why Gerald McCoy never fit like jived with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan base, and one the injury always uh, injuries always complicate things with star player with with players with talent, but two like you said these expectations, but three what I would say is this is that he has been y'all's superstar in a time of just nothingness. And whether it's, whether it's just been this mess all the time in Tampa, whether it's turnover, like of, of coaching staff, tur- turnover. Losing. Yeah. And <laughs> I would say this is despite even Gerald McCoy doing all the things that he could do, he's the only guy that's been around the whole time for them to take it out on. And that superstars get super credit, but they get super blamed too. And I think too, what I saw with his personality is a little what you see with a Cam Newton at times. And that is they know that their play is so it it speaks for itself in so many levels. So they're not going to cry to you about their performance in this where you want them to be remorseful that they lost, that everything is going terrible. But he will will block you if you get out of line with him. Trust me. Well, don't worry. Some of the Tampa media has already done that. And I got something to say about this lady later on in the show, but Cody, go in there. I know you wanted to say something in response to that. Well, yeah. So Gene, uh, you know, you mentioned um, him uh, viewing the, the Panthers as a contender, but I also think something that came out was, is that, it was closer to home for him. You know, it was it was a little bit closer. He didn't have to really uproot his family and, and move that, that far away. But also, and, uh, you know, the media has kind of sensationalized this a little bit. Now, Ndamukong Sue is wearing that 93 that Gerald McCoy has so proudly boasted for a long time in Tampa Bay. Do you think that there's some hard feelings there that, that the Buccaneers organization viewed McCoy, this guy who has given blood, sweat, and tears to the organization for so long, they let him go in favor of another defensive tackle and then let that guy have his number that he had his entire time as a Buccaneer. Do you think there's any hard feelings there? Uh, You know, I can't say for sure. All all, all I can tell you is Joe McCoy is going to come in and play. I, I, you guys have a great player that that's been brought in. I don't, I don't get caught up in all the the jersey ninety three. Who's yeah. wearing ninety three? Because Dominic and Sue, I believe he was wearing ninety three in in um in Detroit or something like that. So I mean, he they both been wearing that number. So to me, you know, Gerald McCoy was a business move. He moved on. I strongly believe, in sincere, in all sincerity, that Gerald McCoy will retire as a Buccaneer. But, you know, while he's here uh, in Carolina, you guys really need to enjoy him and, and appreciate what you have. Let's move quickly to ask Chris this. is that, but Let's talk about this Panthers offseason. While we're focusing on the Gerald McCoy signing big news today, and I know all the people in the chat room want to talk about that, and the cat calls are all about that. 
Chris, where do you see the Panthers in this offseason transition? And, you know, really some questions with this team after last season. You know, that you thought you had something going. You started out 6-2. and two. Cam Newton takes a beating in that Pittsburgh game. His shoulder never the same after that. Falls apart with an eight-game losing streak. You're wondering if Ron Rivera and Marty Herney can make it through this offseason. The Panthers seemingly and wisely, it seems at this point, stuck with these guys. And Herney has done this. He signed Eric Reed. He's gone and acquired a Matt Paradis. He's then had a draft that people are excited about. As you're there watching this, how do you think the Panthers' offseason is unfolding to this point uh, right now? Man, I, I feel like it's one of the better ones in recent memories. You know, right now we're doing the famous what's on paper and uh, what's on paper looks pretty impressive with, with what they're doing. And I almost feel like after this offseason, I mean, with all the offseason moves, that it'll be more pressure to fire guys if there's no success coming up more so than last year, because it seems like there's so many good, very, very solid moves, the, the way they release guys, the way they make cap room. And and I, I I feel pretty optimistic about the season coming up. There's a lot of great moves. Even getting depth at quarterback, you know, as, as controversial as that could seem to some people, knowing that you need to prepare for the future and, and going ahead and getting that guy where they did is, to me, seems like a good foundation for the future. You know, there is a certain aggression there. I think, look, is that ultimately we have, uh, Cody has been a fan or was calling for a regime change this past offseason. And the, the leash can only be so long. There is an attitude of at some point, you know, when is enough is enough and when do you move on? But right now, all the signs are are pointing to is that the Panthers are tooling in a way uh, that is is in some ways a very exciting product that we haven't seen before or in a while. I feel like they're meshing talent. We went from the oldest team in the league to now the oldest guy on the team is Greg Olson. Gerald McCoy is probably like the third oldest player. It was probably uh, Greg Olson, Bruce Irvin, and Gerald McCoy as the top as the oldest people on this team. There's How old is McCoy? He's 31. 31. 31. So that's the, the we went from long in the tooth to there's an excitement there, but there's also some uncertainty at the same time because so many changes are systemic, shifting to this new defense. If there's anything, Cody, how do you feel about this offseason? I know that in one way, for a long time, you've been mild on Tepper, I mean, on uh, Herney. Are you a believer, my friend? Listen, I will 100% give the man the, the benefit of the doubt. And yes, I mean, uh, I'm not going to be unreasonable. You know, I, I kind of, you're right. I, I was of the mindset that, you know, it was time to do something different in Carolina. But I feel like after David Tepper bought the organization, there's really been uh, an injection of this energy where everyone feels like, okay, it's a new era. We're going to do some new things. We're going to go about this aggressively. We're going to bring in players that are going to fill the real holes on our team. And and he's done just that. Listen, football is one in the trenches on the offensive line and the defensive line. And if you look at what he's done in drafting Craig Little uh, at left tackle, Matt Paradis, 
which is probably still the most underrated signing out of all of our free agents to date, um, a, a, a Pro Bowl caliber center. You're going to have Trey Turner and uh, Taylor Moten. Daryl Williams is going to fit in somewhere. And then you have this revamped front seven. I mean, that's where you win football games. And if Cam Newton is back up to health and he can throw that, that deep ball, I mean, there, there isn't any limit to what this Panthers team is able to achieve. And he has done a tremendous job putting talent on the football team. And as of right now, I give Marty Herney all the credit in the, the, in the world, and he deserves it, and Ron Rivera as well, because uh, I hear I hear that he has played a role in bringing a lot of these people in, like Gerald McCoy, who has a lot of respect for Ron Rivera. And super quick, uh, what I like yeah. is that they've done some good things in the draft the past three years or so on the offensive yeah. side, where they're not worried about that cap space and guys' contracts. They got some good talent on the offense. They got some years left on their contract. So they are able to put a few more dollars into that defense. And now you've got a really good balance where you're excited about offense, because I know we haven't talked about it because all the acquisitions have been on defense. But you got Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and yes. Chris McCaffrey, who Rivera said the other day, like people forget and say, gosh, how could Christian get that much better? But Rivera's like gushing about how much even better this year McCaffrey's getting than he was last year. And just liking what's going on with the franchise. A hundred percent. And I, I believe that Curtis Samuel, he might be the, the star receiver on our football team this year. You know, I know DJ Moore also has a ton of potential. I'm just a huge fan of Curtis Samuel. I hope he stays healthy. We have so much potential on both sides of the football. Uh, it's, I'm, I mean, listen, we're, we're June. I'm already so excited for the football <laughs> season, man. I, I cannot wait for week one against Los Angeles here at home, baby. I'm ready for it. And I think that a lot of teams are addressing what what you saw with Drew Brees over the past couple of seasons and the Saints uh, going to the playoffs and going deep into the playoffs and uh, just addressing the defense and trying to find ways to stop him. uh, You know, just in the NFC South, I think has been very important for uh, a lot of teams, you know, in the NFC South. A hundred percent. And I do want to say one more thing. I do like how the Panthers are putting a premium on interior pressure, destroying the pocket of the opposing team's quarterback. You know, you have guys like Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. If you have an edge defender coming around the edge, they're mobile enough to be able to make a play on their own. But man, it's so much harder for a player like Drew Brees and Matt Ryan to be able to deliver the football and step up into the pocket when you have, you know, three potential, well, yeah, but Poe, McCoy, and Kerwan Short, those are yeah. three pro, pro Bowl defensive tackles right in your face. So I love that. Um, I, I think that's how you should build your defense to apply pressure. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We've got 66 people watching right now. We've got 30 thumbs up. It's guilt time, folks. It is shame and guilt time. Give us some thumbs up. Smash that button. Help grow Panther Nation with the longest running Panthers podcast out there. Chris Jenkins in the house. Charlotte Vibe doing a lot of work on the Panthers. He's there on the ground in the trenches. Speaking of, what are your what are you hearing about Cam Newton? What are you seeing about Cam Newton? We see that uh, Ron Rivera was a little 
uh, perturbed that somebody <laughs> took a picture of Cam Newton. You silly goose, man. Everybody can see you, but Chris can see you from his damn office. Oh, he's got, he's probably got that giant <laughs> camera out there watching. Have you seen, what? what's the status Cam Newton's shoulder, man? And uh, can you sneak one of those pictures for us and send it to me and I'll leak it? Nobody will know. <laughs> hey, this is really round. You said something that made me think about this. All the renovations that are going on at the facility. I think you said something about me being in the trenches and everything. There used to be a little cubbyhole spot in the media room. They had like four tables, and that's where I would go in and work. As big as that stadium is, can you believe they are changing that and they're making it a freaking storage room? And now I have less room in the, in the media room, work room to, to work. They could store me in there, and I'll jump out and I'll be like, Cam, I love you. They could be about, but uh, about Cam Newton, yeah, Rivera was. It was funny when he started talking about it because he acted like he was looking. He was like, you know, yeah, some people around here are like they are being watched, <laughs> right? Like, like you're gonna see them now. And I'm thinking, uh, that's not good. But you know, I don't have much to say about Cam because they have been so hiding of him, and and even with him practicing the other day or throwing the ball the other day, you know, they didn't go to say much about the success or lack of success or what they thought about him from that point. So I feel like they're just going to continue to keep that on, you know, very close to the vest until he's literally about to throw. But isn't and it I, I good was... that we're seeing him in social settings? He played in the kickball. The kickball tournament was after his surgery, right? Yeah, you're not going to see Cam sit down on his butt while he recovers unless he's just <laughs> absolutely broke, man. I, I've been wanting to ask Rivera how tough is it to – uh, watch Cam because he has such a high threshold for pain compared to the other guys. You know, like how do you find that balance from the guy just saying, "Hey, it's okay," to you really, really knowing, you know, what's going on with his muscles and ligaments and everything in that shoulder. Well, when you ask him that question and he goes, "Oh man, it's hard," you'd be like, "Well, why did? How'd you feel in week thirteen last year when you kept him in there when we were losing? You should have taken him out." <laughs> no, that's the hard follow up right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, hey, big, the, send me your questions, man. Anytime. Yeah. The the hard press, Ron Rivera. On why didn't you sit Cam? How do you protect this guy from himself? No, I think we need to be optimistic about Cam Newton's health at this point. From how the smile on his face, the interaction, the joking around, the flex Fridays. Those are small things, and I know that that doesn't mean everything is is that he's ready to go out and start for today or whatever. But is all good evidence too we're not if 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 he wasn't doing well he we wouldn't see him in these moments we would see the cam newton with this with the the weight on his shoulder literally and you can read his face at times when he is mentally struggling with those types of things and he's not so these are all signs are are, are pointing good at this point yeah and I, I feel like I, now you're just super quick is that when he first got hurt, he was just so bummed about not being able to participate. And, and I think now that he has, haven't been through it before, you know, I can't predict how much he's hurt or how good he feels, but I feel like mentally he's okay and trusting everything that's going on right now because he's been through it before. So I think that's another reason why you're seeing him not mope. Go ahead, Gene. Yeah. I, I was just going to ask you guys, where, where do you draw the line? Cause I remember the Pittsburgh game and in which I, I thought that's where Cam Newton got hurt. And I thought that December 2nd against the Bucks, uh, when he was stretching for the first down in the third quarter, 
I thought is where he really got hurt. And where do you draw the line? This is your franchise quarterback. How do what do you have? Where do you draw the line trying to protect him from himself and uh, in doing further damage? Cody, well, I say you know, this: we yeah. drew the line in the draft when we started drafting some damn offensive linemen. Yeah, as we should have done. Um, and you know, but, I, 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 keep in mind, and I just want to kind of piggyback yeah. off what I was saying. He's a mobile quarterback, and he was stretching for a first down. This wasn't like he was in the pocket trying to throw the ball. He was stretching for a first down is where he really injured himself, and you could tell there was no velocity on his passes after that. In the weeks following uh, Cleveland, New Orleans, Atlanta, New Orleans, you could not see – whenever you watched him, he didn't have that velocity on the ball like he'd had before. Uh isn't it a coach's job, in your opinion, is it a coach's job to say, hey, I know that you think you can go out there and do this, but I have to protect you for next year so that it's not permanent damage or something that could, could come back to haunt you? Yeah, and, you know, I was even saying this last year. I felt after we lost to Seattle against the Seahawks at home, uh, that it was just it, – it didn't feel right then. I felt like our season was over then. We were not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs at that point in time. And Cam Newton being the competitor, I understand that he wants to play. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought that they should have taken him out sooner. Um, you know, and I said this after we drafted Bill Greer. You know, they want this train to keep on rolling. Um, I was doing some scouting for draft tech, and I liked Bill Greer a lot. I, I, he was my third-rated uh, quarterback in the draft. And it's kind of what I said to you before the show. David Tepper just spent $2.2 billion on a football team. And this man wants a return on his investment. With that said, um, Cam Newton is the type of player that we have seen him shoulder a football team when he was the primary passer and rusher on the football team. I mean, they were dependent on him for yards through the air and on the ground. So... If you look at Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, uh, now they have Chris Hogan and Jarius Wright, guys that he's able to check down the football to. So even if there's nothing available down the field, drop the ball off to your check down, get the ball out of your hands. You know, that also helps Cam Newton avoid taking all the big hits that he would have had to uh, take in the past, throwing the football downfield on these bombs to – Devin Funches and Kelvin Benjamin of all people. But again, you look at his his play uh as as a quarterback, that's not how he right. does it. I mean, he's he's uh, he's pretty much set in his ways on how he does things. I'm sure that there are some things he would change, but for the most part Cam Newton is Cam Newton. And you you, you know what you have to tell a lion not to roar. Yeah, in the there words you, of Cam Newton. That's in a, the that's words Cam of Cam Newton. Here's the thing is Ryan Atkinson in the chat room says um, he's not getting hurt when he's running. He's getting hurt when his ass is staying in the pocket, getting clobbered. And we finally, what I would say is that we am one of those free agent acquisitions that we did not. Well, we got Matt Paradis, the under the most valuable signing in free agency. Oh, everybody is looking at the big time names at defensive end or, or Tyra um, or the honey badger, things like this is that that center 
replacing Matt Khalil. I mean, uh, Ryan Khalil, losing Ryan Khalil, uh, who has been a 10 or 13 year starter in the league, who has been such an important part of this franchise, losing him and going from to nothing would have been, uh, would have been impossible. We go out and you get a guy who is a top right player for $13 million. You don't break the bank doing it. You draft Greg Little, not so tiny left tackle who who Ken D says is going to be uh, the Jordan Gross 10-year replacement player. You sign a Daryl Williams. I say this, is that what we have done is that while Cam Newton has taken a lot of hits, and we have asked him to do a lot in the running game, and he's been so tremendous at it. We have also asked him to be a damn Houdini. We have yes. had no, and you want to talk about it. If anybody should understand this, it's Gene, is that your offensive line has been a wreck for the last decade. And when it is a wreck, it doesn't matter what you got back there. It takes a Cam Newton to win. It's surprising we've won to this. So how are we protecting him? We're finally doing what you're supposed to do. The most basic formula. Put some guys in front of him that might be able to block where the damn. And what you have to consider, too, the NFL is a copycat league. If you go back to the wild card, you go back to the NFC Championship, all the players, all the playoff games, all these games were won in the trenches, whether it's on the defensive side of the ball, or the offensive side of the ball. All these games were won in the trenches. And that is where the emphasis should have always it, it should have never gotten away from it. But that's it looks like to me, especially with the draft, that's where the emphasis was uh, this year, uh, whether it's free agency or the draft is uh, improving in the trenches on the offensive and uh, defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, our, our chat room is, uh, is is popping off tonight, man. We have a lot of really great comments in the chat. Carl D uh, is saying that uh, Cam Newton has to be better on those check down throws. And man, I'm telling you, ask Christian McCaffrey if Cam Newton can throw a check down. Okay, man, especially at the end of the season, hundred times, dude, he was the king of the check down. And you know, I, I even feel maybe it's better that. Since Cam Newton didn't, uh, wasn't able to depend on that throwing power as he's normally able to do, I feel that it benefited his game. You know, knowing where Christian is at, knowing where where the hot receiver is, you know, to be able to pick up on a blitz. That's weapon it, in his arsenal. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, getting the ball out of your hands is pivotal. And you know, one of the things that I think that we've all been able to reasonably criticize Cam Newton from time to time is is He's always trying to play superhero ball. Sometimes he will hold on to the ball too long. I feel last season, maybe, uh, you know, even though it was a wasted season, it was better for him to see, okay, man, I know Christian's my safety blanket. He's right there. Curtis Samuel is somewhere out there. Now you have Hogan and Jarius right. Um, you know, if, if Cam Newton is able to throw the football like he has in the past, man, he has a full repertoire of talent around him and the ability to do everything that he has to do in the offense. Fantastic show so far tonight. There's 70 people watching right now. One of the most, the biggest off-season shows we've had uh, so far. We appreciate your support. Go ahead and smash that thumbs up button. Subscribe. And the way you can help grow 
Panther Nation alongside of us is to share this link to the show with one friend who likes the Carolina Panthers. I'm telling you, we've created a culture like the Carolina Panthers have that is attracting. And people. guys, I don't, I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's liking the Carolina Panthers. I think it's liking the good content. Um, the NFL, the NFL is a microcosm of the world. And, you know, you don't have to like the team, but, you know, getting in, getting to know what your opponents are doing or what's going on with another team, I think is very important too. And I always drop your name. I always drop you guys' name when it talk, when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. I saw a guy with a Panthers hat. I'm like, listen, you got to be listening to Carolina Cat Chronicles. Uh, if you're not, you're, you're missing out. So, you know, just wherever I see it, you know, I'll, I'll definitely mention you guys because you guys have really great content. Well, thank you so much. And uh, everybody in the chat room, we thank you for your support and those thumbs up. And we also thank you for calling into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. We're going to go ahead and jump into those calls in just a second. I think the underrated story, guys, though, as we've talked about this, we've talked about these acquisitions with Cam, uh, maybe adding some protection for Cam Newton, the success that Marty Herney has had in the offseason the story that is going, that is not being talked about, is that Norv Turner, second year with his hands on these guys. He's going to lay, he's laid hands on Curtis Samuel. He's laid hands on DJ Moore. He's, he's touched the golden boy and Christian McCaffrey. If Norv Turner can get a healthy Cam Newton, working with knowing what he's got a little bit more, this is exciting. The Norv Turner product was very good last year, and you knew he was limited. I feel like he's going to be able to open things up more with a healthy cam, with a line that can do some of the concepts that he wants to do in the future. There is something about that continuity, too, on the offensive side of the ball, Cody. Yeah, man. Uh, North Turner has always traditionally been a down-the-field passer. He likes to run the football, and when they're going to throw it, you're trying to put the stake in their heart. You're trying to throw the football downfield. And part of the reasons why I'm so excited about this offense this year, especially if we all feel that Cam Newton's going to come back healthier than ever before, I'm telling you, man, Curtis Samuel has the potential to be Ted Ginn and then some. I'm so excited about the potential of Curtis Samuel in this offense. DJ Moore as well. Uh, I mean, they, they're guys that are able to do things down the field that Lord knows Devin Funches and Kelvin Benjamin uh, uh, you know, weren't doing for Carolina. Kelvin Benjamin might never play football again. I feel like I'm always uh, pouring onto that guy. But listen, man, when you look at what Cam Newton has had to deal with in the past, shouldering the offense, being the primary rushing attack, and the thrower of the football, throwing in the tight windows, as he's always had to do. Now you're finally starting to see an organization that understands that you have to put talent around your franchise, and your franchise is your quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter if you have the best roster up and down. If you don't have a quarterback that can run your offense uh, to a reasonable degree of effectiveness, then you're dead on arrival. And we have an MVP caliber quarterback with Cam Newton. And, you know, they're putting the pieces around him. Uh, and it's a perfect time because we have to decide if we want to make Cam Newton the highest paid player in football within the next two years. You know my opinion on it. I say pay him all the money that you need to. But 
Uh, I'm genuinely excited about the makeup of the offense and the defense right now. It feels brand new. Like there's a brand new energy here in Charlotte around the Carolina Panthers, and I'm loving it. All right, I want to get into these cat calls live, but uh, there's some talk on Twitter that has to be addressed, and Buck and and Gene's the only person that's going to be able to help interpret this for us. T Money 1993, my man, I saw him in the YouTube chat earlier. He said this. I don't think uh, this was from 28 minutes ago, but he said, I don't think when we're talking about why he didn't fit in with Bucks fans, he said, I don't think being a nice guy who can dominate was something Tampa fans liked, but we don't mind here in Carolina. But here's the comment I need help with, Gene, is I said I was on. I've been getting on people from the Bucks. I've been getting on Bucks fans who have been throwing him on the under the bus who have tossed McCoy aside. And this is what Matt Bergner at Matt M A T T B U R G N E R one says, he says he's such, he's so petty. He's such a petty, soft individual bucks were good to him and let him go with no issues. Panthers are not a winner and not guaranteed at the playoffs. So he made a petty choice. I said to him, he's soft. Y'all are taking pot shots at a guy who has been the only bright spot on that dreary-ass team of yours for the decade. And then he said, no, we're not talking about Levante, David. We're talking about soft McCoy who laughs while sucking, lets his wife cry on Instagram for him, and apologizes when he finally gets a sack. Why is there this disdain for McCoy? Was he not upset enough with the culture in Tampa? Um, man, I, I, I wouldn't even address it. If, if it were me looking on Twitter, I would have scrolled past that particular thing because, <laughs> you know, that, that that's just me. Uh, I didn't, like I told you, I, and I've said this before, and I'm sure that, you know, there's, there's two sides to this. You have the people that are for McCoy and they realize what he's done. And then you have those guys that, that don't, don't look at it that way. Uh, I saw plays away from the ball that he made. I saw plays that, uh, he could have made and he didn't. So, you know, but that that's that's football. That's that's just what it is. I didn't have a problem. That was a business decision. And you kind of knew that Gerald McCoy was going to be in free agency and he wasn't going to return to one block, one buck uh, after that last game of the season when they had the interview. And um, uh, you kind of knew that deep down. And, you know, unfortunately, that's one of those things that uh, it, it just happens. And, Fans, everybody's got their own narrative of what happens. But again, like I've talked about, uh, he's a talent, uh, you know, and the Carolina Panthers really need to appreciate him. Uh, as far as all that stuff, getting personal, bringing somebody's wife in, I don't think there's a there's really a place, you know, realistically to even address stuff like that. So and let's just me go and she can take care of herself. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's my girl. right? <laughs> Mine too. All right. Uh, let's jump into these cat calls, but, uh, and, and Gene, please know you're welcome to stay to the end of the show as long as you want. Yeah. If you yeah, have, if you have things to go do, we thank you, but let's jump into these cat calls and see what the fans got to say. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Thanks for your support. So, guys. what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty. Sh- you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So, how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good, like. And a three and a four and a- Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Hey, Tony. Uh, Tony up here. 
uh, Roanoke VA. How you doing, What's Cody? Up, Cody? Um, just wanted to call. Obviously, the news broke today about our boy Gerald McCoy. Um, just saying, I don't think I've been as excited about an offseason and the upcoming year as I have this year. And I know that sounds funny because we went into the offseason with so little cap space. But I just feel like so many big moves were made that, I mean, I know that people are going to point to the Browns as people who win the, the, the offseason. But I sit there and I look, obviously the Browns haven't had a star in a while, and so they haven't had to pay anybody any money. So they had all this money to just waste, right? And then, so so all of their moves were really easy. Let's be honest, it was really easy. This offseason for the Panthers and, and Herney, it's probably one of the more difficult off-seasons to accomplish what we've accomplished. With as little cap space as we went into the off-season and as many holes as we need to fill, the fact that we've pretty much filled them all and not, you know, had any issues and had to get rid of any big talent that we felt like was going to be impactful to the, to the, to the, to the team is an amazing feat. And I have nothing but good things to say about Ernie up to this point. Uh, I, I will say this much. Miso Herney. You know, Cody, you were full on <laughs> ready to just pull the Band-Aid off and get rid of both of them. Um, I was kind of there uh, on the podcast one night saying, I think that we should at least give it one more year because we know what we get with these All right. uh, these representatives as far as uh, coach and GM that the unknown would be unpredictable. And I think that... What we've accomplished this offseason is enough to say that it was a good decision to not let go of Ernie. Um, we'll see what happens with Rivera, but uh, I don't think none of these moves would have happened without uh, Tepper. And just saying, he's going to be the MVP of, uh, of maybe the, uh, uh, of the NFL next year just because he was being willing to let uh, the people make the moves that needed to be made. So. Anyway, this is long-winded, kind of got off track. But nonetheless, uh, hey, guys, keep pounding. Listen to the podcast probably the morning after just because I work late tomorrow night. And uh, love what you guys do. Keep it going. Man, thank Peace. you. Thanks so much for the support there. We appreciate that. CK there is – let me tell you, let me say this, is that, yes, Cody was adamant about getting rid of Herney, getting rid of Rivera, starting fresh and new. I was on the other side of the fence. We've had some great debates on this show. We stayed true to our positions. Good thing, though, I've been consistent on this, is that I've told you that Marty Herney has been a good GM. He was a, he was a good GM before he left and a, and a good GM and a better GM since he's returned. He's learned a lot. Jerry Richardson, part of the problem with the first stint of Marty Herney, I do think sometimes you can get a little stale leaving Seeing Dave Gettleman do what he did, maybe learning from some of the good things he did, but Herney has been nothing but impressive since his return. If you think about it, all of a sudden Dave Gettleman is let go three days before training camp after pressure from Gettleman. Yeah, the guy that drafted Drew Locke or whatever. Drew, what's his name? Daniel Jones. That's it. That David Gettleman. Yeah. Actually, we really, David Gettleman did some good things for the organization, but also made some giant mistakes at times. Now, well, but I, you said the name, Jerry Richardson. I believe he was 
much more heavy-handed behind the scenes with both GMs, Herney and Gettleman. But continue. So, look, Herney takes over this team three days before training camp comes about. He's able to smooth things over with a Greg Olson, with a Thomas Davis that does not handicap us for long. He has the 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 guts at some point. Well, he, he brings back – well, Julius Peppers, I think Dave Gettleman was able to bring back. But then Marty Herney back on that train there. You get a good relationship there. You start to see some of the plan unfold. But really, things started to be impressive when Marty Herney – he trades Kelvin Benjamin. You go, wait a minute. This guy is not just a patsy that's been brought into the end of the season making moves like this. On top of that, when we struggled and we ran into injury after Denoris Cersei went down, is it took a little time, maybe a week or two too long, but Marty Herney goes out and gets Eric Reed, then recommits to Eric Reed in the offseason for a price tag that is nowhere in the ballpark of what safeties were overpaid this offseason for. Marty Herney wins on Eric Reed. He wins, it seems like, in the draft. In two consecutive years, he's had a good draft, it looks like, from the outside looking in. Marty Herney has been aggressive, and I was hoping, Gene, please ask me, Gene. Ask me the question. Please. Is it win now? Is this a win now season? You asked us this over and over before the show. Is this a win now season or is this a reload season? I have to ask that question. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Cody. To me, I think yeah. we've seen some aggression in a, and I think a calculated aggression with Marty Herney that we didn't see with with Dave Gettleman. We saw Dave is Gettleman. There is there basically a window to do this and and be successful getting to the Super Bowl and and getting over that hump? I think I, Cody, believe that, I think the window's closing on one side of the room and it's opening on the other side. We're creating a draft and we're getting a draft in that room. I think we're being aggressive without selling out our future. Go, Cody. Yeah, I mean I, I think the same thing. I I think that we do Okay, there is a window when you're talking about certain players on the team. Who's the backbone of the offense and the defense? We already know the answer to this. It's Cam Newton on the offense and Luke Kickley on the defense. And then, of course, you have guys like Greg Olson, you know, and then guys that we wanted to get a Super Bowl ring before they retired, like Ryan Khalil and Julius Peppers. And then it just doesn't turn out that way. But, um, you know, there is a window of time, especially for some of those players that – yeah, it's time to capitalize, man. The NFL stands for not for long. And, you know, you're not playing the sport very long. You have to capitalize while you have the talent on your football team. And one of the things that you hear in every press conference, and the players know this now more than ever, this is a business. It's a business every single day. And David Tepper just spent a lot of money on a $2.2 billion investment he wants a Super Bowl here in Carolina. I mean, he's already building a new uh, training facility in Rock Hill, South Carolina. I mean, when the football team is winning football games, it builds the fan base. And David Tepper hasn't gone out of his way in his short time as the owner to try and build up the fan base with the outfits, uh, wearing the all blacks to the Panther in the middle of the football field. 
So yeah, there is a window right now, and there is a window of opportunity for us to be able to really make a push for a Vince Lombardi trophy. And right now, the way our roster is shaped out, I mean, every team is 0-0 right now. But right now, this roster, I, I, I genuinely believe it matches up with any other roster in the NFL, even if we might have some deficiencies here and there. I believe in the core of this football team moving forward. I really and the, the second the second yeah. part of the question, I have to throw this in here. Is this season a disappointment if you're not in the Super Bowl this year? Is this a is this a, a, a loss as a season, uh just based on what you have on paper going into the season? No. No. I would say is that if if we don't uh if we're not yeah, I would say this is a loss. This we don't have time to not be competitive, right? Is that we don't have the patience to not be competitive? I think that that's what you've continued to ask. Is this a all in? Is this this is what I think this is? Is the Panthers making solid enough bet that they're telling us that this season isn't well? Let's see if we can make the playoffs. We're really seeing if we can truly move the needle. We are made a defensive change with the same head coach. I think that, yeah, is that is that here? Is that I think the window is temper is closing in some ways. On if a, if guys can't get you over the hump, at some point you're going to need to figure out what can. So there is that sense of urgency there in one hand, but on the other hand, I think a lot of people have said this, and 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 CK said this on the call. Cody is that this uh, you trace the this back to Tepper to a little bit and I truly yeah. truly believe this is that Tepper has brought a sort of Wall Street mentality to the Carolina yeah. Panthers which is not a yeah. recklessness one but when you meet people who make money they're never content with losing it so it doesn't matter it doesn't mean they don't have the long game in their mind Tepper has a 30-year plan. Gettleman had this 10-year plan. It was all about the 10-year plan or whatever. But they are also looking at the immediate. And there wants to be an... There is no time in this short period of earth that we are here for losing. And that, I think, is what has brought that attitude. The Wall Street, no acceptance of a time where you can't make some money. Yeah, and, and and to answer Gene's question directly, I, I'll put it to you like this, Gene. If we have another 2017 season where we win the wild card and then, you know, uh, New Orleans wins the division and we have to, you know, go on the road and, and we're knocked out the first round of the playoffs, yeah, yeah, it is a wasted season in my opinion if it's just that mediocre playoff push. I mean, in my mind, this is a, a, a team, you know, I mean, again, it all depends on the health of Cam Newton and his shoulder. But if we're going on and the does this defensive that, that, shift actually work, which I think it can. Right. Right. And if those two things work out, then, yeah, man, I mean, anything less than an NFC championship game appearance. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a disappointing season. And in, in my opinion, if we don't make that kind of push. I don't want to be just a marginal playoff team uh, jump in in the last two games of the season, you know? I mean, yeah, the the Giants won that way. Uh, I believe the Packers might have won that way also. But 
No, I mean, we have the potential to be a dominant football team, and I want to win the NFC South. You know, uh, and that that's what I feel the, the 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 goal right now should be for the Carolina Panthers. Just get to the playoffs, have a first round bye, control your own destiny, and hey, be be the big dogs of the NFC South. Yeah, as we were for three years in a row for a little. While. I think you made the real point though here, Gene. Is what we need is the what will is will it take a super is it Super Bowl or bust? <laughs> I think that that's an unfair expectation on anyone at times. Some things the things just don't go right. It's like you're not. I mean, like as you don't fire the everybody in New Orleans after they lost the way they lost, right? So yeah, they didn't get to the Super Bowl. They got robbed in that with that in a way. But what I would say is this, and what Cody's point is so important to me, it's about the feeling when we're there. Is that is this something that we stumbled into and that you really don't have what it takes and you were fortunate? Or are we in there and we have the feeling we can make some noise? We just got to get something to bounce the right way. Now, if, if it bounces the wrong way, we're not going to blow everything up. But we got to be in the playoffs and we got to feel confident that we can make some noise beyond just being in the playoffs. Yeah. And that makes total sense. And, uh, you know, we can't forget either that the Atlanta Falcons blew a 25 point lead in the Super Bowl. Never, I just, never, I needed to bring it up because ne- you, you never can't forget. let that. Never, never forget, forget that. For, and don't Thanks worry, but go, we won't let them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll never let me forget. All right, Thank back, you for bringing that up. Back to the cat. Hey, calls. no problem. Let's see what these yes. guys got to say. Yo, what's up, C3? This is Nova Black, man. I had Nova to call Black. in first thing this morning. It's up, 6, 17 a.m. I've been rolling since 3.30 this morning, man. Um, Hey, we just signed Gerald McCoy, man. We just signed Gerald McCoy, man. I don't know about you guys, man, but I don't, I don't think we have ever, ever in Panthers history made this big of a splash in free agency, man, with our free agent acquisitions and stuff like that. I mean, it's almost as if the whole Dave Gettleman era is, is like, what the hell were we doing? And now it's like David Tepper in here, and he's like, okay, well, I'm finna cut the chains off the Bulls and let the Bulls raise havoc in this motherfucker. He's angry. <laughs> Marty, go get him. Do what you do. Just build up the winning team. And Marty and Ron went out there, and they got one hell of a defense lined up. They got these guys coming into the second season. And this North Turner offense, man, I'm excited to see this thing. Everybody seems to be optimistic about Cam. The line's looking good, you know. Man, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited about this season. But Jerry McCoy, man, another one of the guys that I've been rooting to get since the Bucks announced he was, you know, a free agent or whatever. Hey, I know everybody probably talking about the same thing. But it's all good, man. It's all good. Everybody should be fired up for the season. This defense is going to be dangerous. Oh, yeah. Keep yeah. coming, y'all. I'm getting out of here and getting my butt back to work. 
<laughs> Thank you, Nova Blackman. He's been such a big a part of our show and uh, brought us our draft pick live from Bank of America. That was awesome this year. The number one draft pick, Nova, but tuned in from the stadium with us. Now, he brings up this. Is this the biggest signing for the Carolina Panthers? You know, I thought that Poe last year was an aggressive signing. This is a bigger, this is even better than that. I think you go yeah. back to names like this is that you hope that this isn't Sean Gilbert of the Redskins that the Panthers were signed in in 1999. Um, and you hope that this is to make a poor analogy because it's an offensive player, a Steven Davis, who's ready to run us into the Super Bowl. You know, this is a, this is a more marquee name than we're accustomed to Cody. Yeah, it, it is, but it's also the, I don't think that it's just Gerald McCoy. I think that it's Gerald McCoy plus all of the other, uh, you know, genuine concerted efforts that we've made to add to the defensive line. Using the 16th pick in the draft on a Brian Burns, a dynamic defensive end that can bend the edge with speed that we haven't been able to see in some time. Then you draft another uh, defensive end uh, linebacker type player and Christian Miller. These are two guys that have the potential to be the future of your edge presence for the next few years in the, in the NFL for Carolina. You know, then you add Bruce Irvin on top of that. Bruce Irvin is a veteran everywhere he goes from Seattle to Oakland to Atlanta. I mean, he's been a name and he's been an immediate contributor. You know, so now not only are we going to have a good defensive line, but we're going to be able to rotate players. We're going to have fresh pass rushers that are available on third down, on second down. When, when, when an offense is sustaining a drive that has our defense on the field for a long time, we're going to be able to put in fresh bodies on the line and still be able to make plays after the quarterback. That's not a luxury that we've had in a long time. So Gerald McCoy, on top of the other moves that we've made for our defense, yeah, it does make it feel bigger than than it has been in recent years. It's not just acquisitions either. We're, we're finally seeing is this, is that it, as a teacher, I know this is better than anyone. Politicians do this better than everyone. And that is when you try something and it's not working, you just try the same thing harder. Teachers are great at this. Politicians are great at that. And this has been the mantra of of the Carolina Panthers in so many ways to where when you heard Ron Rivera talking about Mike Shula and, and, and evolving, you were like, oh, my God, I don't want to hear this. But the Panthers yeah. not only have made these changes, but they made a distinct effort to to change up to the new NFL. They're adjusting in a deeper, more systemic way than just trying to say, well, I didn't have the guys to do it this year. Maybe it's next year. This is a this to me. This is what Bill Belichick and these guys have done so well for so long. Is they do what works for the moment, and the Panthers have made some changes philosophically, 
And look, Mike Wade says this in the chat. He says, we can get rid of Poe. And I have been, you know, I was really more excited than, you know, and maybe I'm, you know, just dying on that hill when it comes to Don Terry Poe. But I think he is a good player. And while you saw we didn't have the best season last year, but still so much of it was the edge guys not being able to do anything. Even KK Short's game suffered so much in that in that system. I think that you see Poe, Don Terry Poe, could be... We saw Vince Wilfork be very successful late in his career in in New England, and even when he went to Houston, I think in that zero technique that Poe could be in a more natural position, and so I like to see those changes and see how that comes down the pipe. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's see what else we got. Hey, Cody, you feeling the hern yet, man? <laughs> My man, Marty, motherfucking hernie, hey! is out here having probably the best offseason that I can remember in Carolina yeah. Panthers history, in recent history anyway. Yeah. And uh, mind you that he did all of this, everything. Gerald McCoy, draft picks, Daryl Williams, Paradis with virtually no cap space. We only had six draft picks going into the, or seven maybe going into the draft. He did so much this offseason with so little to start with, and I just got to take my hats off to Marty Herney. Uh, Cody, Tony, hope you guys do the same. Uh, love the show. Keep pounding. And fuck the Saints! Woo! Fuck the fucking Saints, man. Marty Herney doing a lot with very little is that the thing that came to mind is when you go to the strip club and the girl, they say the girl's got an ass so tight that you give her a quarter, she'll give you two nickels, two dimes and a nickel back, right? Ah. Is that she can change it out for you. Is Marty Herney did do this when, as everybody told us, we had nothing to work with. And what did we go and do? We had a solid off season. Gene, you're over there. How are the Bucks? They always seem to win at this time of year. You guys have had to have been a little bit more quiet this offseason. Do you think that the chain, the aggressive, you've seen a team in flux try to do a lot in free agency. Looking at our free agency from the outside looking in, does it look like a balanced one enough or does this look like a knee jerk reaction to you? No, I, I thought it, I think it's very balanced. I, you see a few moves on the offensive side of the ball. And you see moves on the defensive side of the ball, especially. And as I mentioned before earlier in the show, uh, it's important to remember how a lot of the games in the playoffs went where the winners won in the trenches. Uh, and that was the most uh, defining part of, of the game. So uh, we saw that throughout the, the, the playoffs. And uh, I think that uh, what Carolina has been able to do with the limited amount of cap space they've had and, um, in making these draft picks that they have work on paper and going out and, and getting these players that can, they can implement uh, plug and play and, and come out and, and hopefully get returns on uh, again. I know it's all on paper, but I think with, uh, with uh, Ron Rivera, you have a really good head coach that I think can really uh, get these players to where they need to be. And I think, you know, with North Turner and uh, some of the other coaches that you have, that I think that this team will be up to speed by the time the season starts. Uh, with with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, there's so many backstories, uh, players that have left and players that have been replaced with. And so it's, it's going to be really interesting. And I say that because I'm unsure what this team is going to look like on defense. Uh, 
going from a 4-3 to a 3-4 defense uh, with Todd Bowles and uh, Bruce Arians coming in and, and changing things around from uh, what you had with um, with Dirk Cutter, who's over in Atlanta now. So it's going to be really fun to watch this season. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I, I think that as far as the NFC South, you will see a resurgence and you'll see uh, teams starting to fear the NFC South again like they used to. And, you know, that actually uh, that brings me to a point, and I, uh, I mentioned this before the show. You know, now I- I'm telling you, man, you know, there's this feeling amongst Panther fans sometimes that we like to fly under the radar because we do our best uh, football when we're being slept on and when teams are kind of, oh, uh, the Rams are the talk of the town, or, oh, man, Baker or Mayfield and Odell Beckham, that's going to be so dangerous. But now I, I kind of feel that, you know, the secret's getting out a little bit, and people in the media especially are really starting to take notice that Carolina, they're building a contender over here. Yeah. And very Carolina, under, and I mentioned this before. They are loaded on offense, they're loaded on defense, they added to the offensive line. Yesterday they added Gerald McCoy. If Cam Newton's healthy, and we've said it three years in a row now, if Cam Newton's healthy, watch out. They were 6-2 and two last year when Cam Newton was healthy. Mm-hmm. And then things hit the skids, got hurt, and after that Pittsburgh game, they were never the same. So, to me, it's the biggest X factor. So, yeah, I mean, we ha- I mean that was Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football. Uh, I mean, now we have a team that, that people recognize as a talented one. And now, I mean, really, uh, I mean, the, the eyes are kind of on the Panthers now. We're not really – that slept on team, like we kind of feel that we are most of the time. Um, this is a team that was in contention last year until Cam Newton got hurt. And we were trying to win the division the year before and still made it into the playoffs and still almost won on the back of Cam Newton. So, um, you know, one of the things I want to ask you, Tony, is, uh, you know, th- does this make you feel any different about our team knowing that there is going to be more pressure and more eyeballs on us to perform this season. No. And the reason I say that is because I don't care. I don't even listen to the national media at all anymore. It's hard to stomach. People go to podcasts is because these guys don't know what they're talking about. Nine times out of 10, they say something and they're, they're way off of they're way off the mark. And just being able to listen to you guys who have a bit uh, a ear to the ground understand what these what these what your team is doing uh you don't why listen to these guys they're they're losing ground and uh you see that all the time with some of the mistakes they make on some of the things that they report on yeah and i think for me cody the reason is is because i think that pressure was there is that i i think that maybe that you you can add the expectation potentially that the national media media can conjure up and can stir up right those expectations that may be unrealistic or those criticisms that may be far-fetched but you know the pressure was there the pressure's there for cam newton as his contracts have has come along there's the pressure's there for ron rivera who's been there for a while now marty herney north these guys are not Dave Tepper's guys or whatever it is. So there is pressure, but there's pressure every year for every team. Now, what I think is good about this at this point is we haven't had on, un- we didn't have unrealistic expectations about this off season. That's the thing is we had, this is we've had realistic expectations for the off season and the Panthers have 
surpassed our expectations. So now we're going to have measured and realistic expectations for the season, and hopefully they surpass us. Now go back to the caller who says that this is the best Panther season in recent memory, and I have to agree for this very reason is that there is a calculated aggression here, but not desperation, and a nice tinge of opportunism. And that is the Carolina Panthers did not set out this season. They were not eyeballing a Gerald McCoy. Is that Gerald McCoy? They these this happened, and the Panthers were humble enough and wise enough to know that they still, even though they may have had a good draft, even though they may be optimistic with some of the parts they had, that they had an opportunity to get better. And that's what I love about what we did here. We got better. Where so many times in the Dave Gettleman era, we stood pat. And instead of just trying to get better, why not? You don't have to be desperate about it, but just get better. And that's what this Gerald McCoy signing was to me. Big shout out to Susan Dean, by the way, coming in with the super chat. We appreciate your support, Susan. I know you're excited. Susan, you know we love you. You know we love you. Going to be on on Pirate Radio tomorrow at 4 because I'll be traveling to the Big Easy this weekend. Yeah, I'm going down into enemy country, and I'll be dropping C3 stickers in toilet stalls all around and bathrooms all around so you can look all around but put them in uh put a sticker way up on the ceiling so y'all assholes can't get it down <laughs> i like that energy i like that energy we need more of it um but yeah shout out to susan susan you know we love you you don't have to uh but you do it all the time and we love you but thanks for supporting the show um you know one of the things that i've been kind of thinking about is um Man, it, it you know, I feel the, the same things that we're talking about on the show. It really is the same things being felt in the locker room. You know, we have stories about, uh, so by the way, this is another tidbit of information. Five months ago, Gerald McCoy became a vegan. So that's something that him and Cam Newton have in common. K1 Short and Trey Turner and I believe Greg Olson went out to a vegan restaurant. Here in uh, here in Charlotte, when I have mean, you heard the- players being be, be active in the courting of a guy beyond just social media? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it really doesn't. Like they were like, I, "I'm going to pick you up. Yeah. I'll pick you up, brother, on the way to the stadium." Yeah, yeah, and that's the point that I'm trying to make. It, it feels as though there's like a real special camaraderie going on with our players right now. Where there's this this energy that pervades our locker room where everyone feels that, man, this, this could be our year. Listen, even someone that I trash, uh, maybe too much, uh, Tory Smith. Listen, man, Tory Smith took a $3 million haircut to stay here in Carolina to add money to that pool. For- uh, he took a pay cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He took a pay cut. He took a pay cut. From went from five yeah, million dollars to two million dollars, moved around his salary. We did this with Luke Keekley and did some things. But you're right, is we're seeing yeah. that culture unfold. We're seeing uh and, and you know what? And this is that uh that's if there is anything that has been the strength of Ron Rivera and has showed is that in the difficult times teams have not quit on him. 
and players want to play here. And he has, if anything, it has been the last couple of years he's starting to feel the pressure. But the greatest asset that Ron Rivera has had in his whole coaching ability has not been his X and O's planning. It's not been his gut. It's not been this. It's been his steadfast iron reserve where he doesn't get shook. And in the last couple of years, I feel like that has taken, there's been a little toll taken on that. But now these players coming in here, that's a sign right there that they feel comfortable with this guy. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And like I said, you know, the fact that you're in division, that they know him, they talk to him after the game twice a year. I mean, he, like I said, he told Trey Turner that Trey Turner was going to be a Pro Bowl guard. Yeah, Trey and, Turner and sent him right. a message five months ago in January saying, come play with us. He hasn't yeah, even man. been released yet. All right, let's go on and push through with these calls. 252-228-5098. Hi, Tony. Hi, Cody. The gang out there. It's Rich in London. Oh, Gerald McCoy. What's Fantastic up, Rich? Um, yeah, looks like our front seven, or however many they're going to be playing, looks looks great this year. Um, I mean, in rotation, you're going to have Butler and Love as well, I assume. Um, I think... I don't know. I think I'm hearing Addison, Mario Edison's lost a bit of weight because at one point I think he might have subbed in on the defensive end of the 3-4 at some points, but I think he's getting a bit lighter to work off the edge as part of the linebacker crew now. So it'd be interesting to see how it works. Um, it's going to be a real test in pass rush versus coverage because obviously we've all still got slight concerns about the lack of uh, a free safety being brought in. Um, training camp looks like Gordon's definitely been earmarked for that. I haven't heard anything on Cornell, though. I don't know if any of you have got any information on Corn um, as the nickel. Um, obviously, Ross Cockrell coming back is going to be a big deal as well uh, because he's actually a good player. Uh, Cockrell with Dante and uh, Bradbury, we've got three corners. Maybe maybe Dante goes down into the nickel. I don't know. I know apparently he spent time there at LSU. Um, so it could be him and Corn doing that as well as staying on the outside so you can discuss with you. I think that's an idea or not. I like that. Um, the outside. But yeah, the front, I mean, the front line is just, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> it'd be interesting. I, I put a question out to the guys at PFF, the real nerdy ones who do their, uh, the forecast guys, and said whether there's any issue on depth of target when you have a really, really good pass rush. Um, because if it's as strong as we think it might be, then really worrying about a free safety who's playing single high, you know, what's the point? The, they're not going to have enough time to chuck it that far. And I wonder now whether we're going to play something like three with the two edge rushes, so almost a five-man rush. And with Luke Keithley and Eric Reed playing coverage roles over the middle, whether the ball's ever going to get much further out than that. I mean, obviously, the offenses are, are clever and there'll be swing passes and screens and everything else. But, you know, worrying about whether we can cover deep down the field in the middle might be a we, we might it might not be something we have to worry about too much and just picking up the other stuff. I mean, we've got the best coverage linebacker in the league. Um, and go yeah. from there. So we'll have to see. Anyway, on that note, I've got another 30 seconds. Oh, my God, do the rest of the U.S. underestimate the Panthers. My God, people are saying, why does everyone hate the Panthers? They don't. They just don't understand the team at all. Um, I've put this out yep. on social media. Straight when up. Half the best universities in the U.S. pumping players out left, right, and centre to the NFL and the NBA. The lack of love for the two Carolina sports teams, um, well, the Hornets and the Panthers, uh, is quite mad. Anyway, guys, keep pounding. 
Keep pounding. Rich right. from London. Rich from London's right there. Is there is I think the the safety thing is overblown. I think the need for a free safety at this point is that I would argue this is that hell, this is the year that we're gonna cry and bitch and moan about safeties when we've never done anything at the safety position since Mike Mentor. Yeah. Right, we actually right, guys. did the first thing. Signing Eric Reed is the first damn time we've actually committed to any safety. Let alone now, you need us to commit to both. I think that uh, with when you're looking at the Panthers, uh, the pass rush is going to be very important, and that frees up your your secondary to not have to play as hard. I mean, they do have to cover, but your your pass rush is is the uh, the engine that that runs the car basically. And when you when you are getting pressure on the quarterback, um, I, I think it, it makes it a little bit easier on your safety safety. So um, where you guys are say at the safety position, I don't see that as a, a major issue compared to other teams I've seen in the NFL. Cody, it's yeah, our be- most talented hard. secondary ever that we've seen, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it really is. And what I was about to say is, I'm not even too worried. I think the addition of Eric Reed. And when you also throw in the, the, the fact that you do have Rashawn Golden um, uh, uh, on the team and that they, they seem to like him a lot. And apparently he feels better going into the year this year. That's a young talent. I mean, considering we've went out there before with Trey Boston and uh, I forget the guy's name, the guy from New Orleans, the guy with the gray hair. Dude, one, um, oh, Roman the, Harper, one of our best yeah, seasons Roman, yeah, and Roman one of Harper. our best defenses we had Drayton Florence Drayton Florence was like 37 years old and it's because we had 60 sacks that year nobody can come nobody no team in the league can put together a secondary that can win without a pass rush it's impossible so this is the most talented secondary we have had arguably ever yeah and, you know, you have Dante Jackson who's coming into it. Listen, I believe Dante Jackson is going to be the next shutdown corner of the NFL. And I'm not just saying that just because I'm a Panther and he's a uh, – I'm a Panther fan and he's a Panther. I mean, the guy has legitimate cover ability, his ability to move and flip his hips and stay in the pocket of the receiver that he's having to cover. Um, it's an important year for James Bradbury. Um, you know, so it's funny that we have Gene on the podcast. I feel that you always see the true potential of James Bradbury whenever he has to cover Mike Evans because that's a big body receiver that likes to go downfield. He's fast, he's physical. And Bradbury, he wins some and he loses some, but for the most part, Bradbury holds his own. And, you know, he's looking for a contract next year as well. So, this is a very important year for a lot of people in our backfield. Eric Reed is trying to prove that he's worth the contract that he signed. Bradbury is trying to prove that he's worth another one. Then you have a bunch of young players like Sean Golden and Dante Jackson, and they're trying to make a name for themselves. They're trying to show what kind of players they have the potential to be. So, you know, I think Gene hits a nail on the head. Our front seven is where our defense is going to live and die. And we might have some blown coverages here and there, but if we're affecting the quarterback on a down-to-down basis, it allows our corners 
and our safeties to play the football, go for interceptions, take the ball away, and put the ball back in the hands of your offense. And that's the position that you want them to be in. Tell you one thing is I'd rather have a mediocre secondary and a dominant uh, front four or or front whatever it is and three four all of that than them vice versa right the numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight their calls are still flying in guys we gotta keep plow- keep pounding Panther Nation Paul Cass how y'all doing y'all know this is this is G what's up G being a guest on one of the best podcasts on the on the internet. Yeah, no. Thank you, sir. But hey, this is beating a dead horse, but I've been saying this all day at work, and I'm going to say it again. Be that Gerald McCoy. Whoop, whoop. Man, oh, man. Yes, Can we label Herney as the GOAT now? Can G's we really, up, really hose down. That? You know, Herney, this dude did so much this offseason, man. So, to me, I can put him up there as the GOAT when it comes to GMs, man. Now, to me, Gerald McCoy, he's going to cause some damn havoc, man. I really, really do think. I could see good five sacks, maybe even seven sacks coming from him alone this year. And I know you guys read the article of what KK said, that it's going to be a damn foot race to the quarterback. That put chills down my spine. So we pay, so when we ah. play the punk-ass Atlanta Falcons this year, yeah, Matt Ryan's going to be on his ass a lot. Him and Drew Brees and Mr. And Mr. Crab Lake down in Tampa or whatever, man. But uh, I'm telling you, man, I'm so damn excited, and I will get his jersey. And all I gotta say, Gerald McCoy, man, hey, welcome to the most dominant, best football team in the South, the Carolina Panthers. Keep pounding. You know, when Gerald, when the news was announced, I don't think a lot of people got it because every time I hear G, right, G, I think G's, uh, G's up, hose down. I, I said this, we added the big G in Carolina to make the Panthers to show you we got the big D. Adding the big G. Makes for the big D in Carolina. That's right. You heard it here. The C3 Panthers podcast plows along to continue that analogy. Bad news. It's falling off the rails. What is up, you guys? This is your boy, Mr. Team of 1993. Um, and I'm so T-Money. excited about this Gerald McCoy signing, man. Our defense is about to look crazy between Poe, McCoy, and KK. Who are you going to double? And that's not even talking about the pressure we're going to have from outside, man. Watching this defense is definitely going to be fun. And I'm just glad that McCoy saw us as a contender and felt the love, felt the chemistry, felt the brotherhood. Uh, go Panthers. Keep pounding. That's T-Money yeah. 1993. He's been a part of the show since the inception. Southbound and down, a uh, part of that as well. Way to go, T-Money. It's the, t- today is for people my, th- that know him a little closer. What's up, guys? I just wanted to call and take up like three or four different phone calls, right? So, <laughs> first thing, I, uh, I, uh, I called back a while ago to you guys are moping and complaining and whining about not the, the team not signing Eric Reed. And then I listened to a few of your podcasts again. You guys are mostly learning about us not signing Jerry McCoy, okay? I, I see you guys go for having a whole Jerry Richardson attitude. And then you guys again forgot we have a brand new owner who's into improving his football organization yeah. Yeah. to making them a consistent contender year in and year out. So I hope stop moping and get on board with David Tepper, okay? We're no longer Jerry Richardson people were David Tepper people, all right? Win now, all the time. Now. 
Um, love what they're doing for the transition. They're not necessarily transitioning to a 3-4 base. Uh, Rob Rivera is just transitioning to a 3-4 hybrid. So it's still going to be more or less the same type of defense, but he's going to mix in a lot more fronts so that he can confuse offenses more. And the ad- advantage thing that you get with a 3-4 defense when you put the schemes in there is you can definitely clog up a lot of those short passing lanes because your linebackers are put in a better position to cover more ground quickly, especially if you have Chad Thompson and uh, and uh, Luke Keekley kind of hovering around the middle of the field. And Christian Miller and Brian Burns have good length and good speed to be able to drop back in the coverage if they need to. That is what Ron Rivera is trying to do. And as far as the safety position, guys, I come from San Diego, okay? Ron Rivera doesn't necessarily need a good caliber safety. And just because he's listed as a free safety or a strong safety doesn't mean that's the position that he's going to stay in. Ron Rivera constantly flips and swaps and changes his safety depending on the down and distance and the situation in the game, okay? So Eric Reed's going to be playing different parts of the field from free safety to strong safety depending on the type of game that they're playing. And play. he is the he's athlete to, to do it. Rashawn Golden very well. Uh, back when he was with San Diego, as a quick stat for you guys, just so you can understand the type of mind that, that Ron Rivera is defensively, he had the number one ranked defense for San Diego. And on that roster, he had zero Pro Bowl players, okay? He understands how to use his personnel and use it very well. So that being said, love the show. Keep on it, guys. That's, that's Jetta Jor. Thanks for the call. Um, talking about Ron Rivera and his experience there. And, you know, one of the things is that Ron Rivera is taking more ownership of this defense. He's publicly done that. And in, he's going to have to take a leadership role in this transition. I still disagree with this, guys. I, I disagree with Jetta Jor on this. I will fight the people in the media over this. Don't give me this 3-4 hybrid crap. It's a 3-4. Just because when you're in a passing down, a pure straight-up passing down, like a third and long or or something, or when you run a nickel, 3-4 defenses play nickel all the time. Watch the right. Pittsburgh Steelers. That is, And that is, so yeah, is that every defense, I believe, is a hybrid defense because... A nickel makes things different. I just believe that with McCoy, Short, and Poe up that Poe out there, that now everybody else is going to be standing up. And then when they ain't doing that, they're in the nickel. Yeah. So, yeah, and if that is a hybrid thing, is then I think that that's even too nuanced. What I just feel like is this: we're either in a three-four or a nickel. I don't think you're going to see many times other than short yardage distance, short yardage package where the Panthers are lining up on first down with four men on it with their hand in the dirt. I don't know if we'll see that. I'll be, I, I wonder if you could count that if we do that more than five times this season. First and 10, let's see four linemen on the front with their hand in the dirt. I don't think we're going to see it. I'd love to. I'll, I'll be watching for that myself. We're going to have to. Hey, count guys. It. I'm a- I'm going to jump off here, but um, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Shout out to uh, Panther Nation. Uh, You know, you got something to really look forward to this season. And, um, you know, we'll definitely get together as we get closer to the season. All right. Thanks so much for your insight, Gene.
Follow Gene at Buck What You Heard. He's got the lit. It's 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 the best, at least at the very least, it's the best podcast name. True <laughs> <laughs> that. No doubt. All right, All right good yeah, night. Gene, thanks for joining us, man. Have a good night, brother. All right, let's keep going through with these calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Hey, guys. This is a... Uh... He's Good back. Idea. He's got something to say uh, back to me. Guessing the <laughs> primary topic tonight is going to be the big news that happened yesterday with Ger- Gerald McCoy. Mope, I think it's a great signing. I think it's going to be uh, great to show how many different fronts we're going to have. I'm sure Ron Rivera is going to scheme up some crazy uh, sugar honey iced tea on uh, the rest of the Ooh. league this year. Ooh. So I won't get too, too much into that. Um, I'm thirsty, I guess man. I have a question. All right. Which quarterback are you looking forward most to uh, being frustrated by our defensive line? I remember my favorite memory as a Panthers fan is watching Matt Ryan totally like lose his yeah. shit because yeah. uh, Greg Hardy and CJ were just sacking him every other play. It was great. So, uh, that's the answer. I think that's who Consensus. I'm looking forward most to just like kicking his ass is, uh, Matt Ryan. Who yeah. else on our schedule this year do you look forward to having get frustrated? Ooh, All right, on guys, the schedule. All right. Me. All right. So the easy Keep one, on. Cody, in division. What quarterback? I got this. I got this laid out. It's so easy for me. In division. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. It's Matt Ryan for me. I'm with Jetta. Yeah. Yeah. It's Matt Ryan for me, too. But um, I I got to be honest with you, man. Drew Brees is up there, too, dude. He's up there, man. Uh, Drew Brees is being able to sit back in the pocket and, and throw the football all over us. I feel like he's done it better than anyone else. Uh yeah, Drew Brees is another one that's up there. I think Matt Ryan's a given. Like we always want to see Matt Ryan getting his ass kicked. It's so because he's a Falcons. Yeah, it, it's the easiest shit it in the is. world. Dude, everybody wants to. Uh, everyone wants to see Matt Ryan uh get dumped in the dirt uh, as he's. So let me tell you times. the real answer then. The real okay. answer. Matt Ryan, number one, he's given. It's like the pen, pencil in. Like he's gonna get elected, yeah. like uh, like the guy that runs unopposed in a congressional dictator. Like uh, who's the guy that <laughs> yeah. just died? Uh, that we should uh, Walter B. Jones Jr. Right next, though. You think you thought I was gonna go with um I, with the Seahawks quarterback in? Help me out. I just slipped my Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson but no. I want to see Andrew Luck on his damn uh, ass. Uh, Put this. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, man. That's I've my answer. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. I mean, listen, I, I'm always of two different mindsets on Andrew Luck because I don't, I don't dislike Andrew Luck, the person, but I always hate the comparisons that are made for Andrew Luck and how people will go out of their way to make excuses for him and then say that he's better than Cam Newton at this or he's a more accurate thrower. Yeah, it's all bullshit, man. It's 100% bullshit. That being said, I do like him as a quarterback. Um, I know another one I'm thinking of. Aaron Rodgers, prima donna. Another good one. Yeah, another. He'll get mad. 
We need another never... surface to the smash the surface meme again. Yes. Yeah, dude, listen, I will I'll never deny the talent that the man has, but dude, he's such a prima donna. And the day's Danica Patrick. I'm sorry, Danica Patrick is the ugliest pretty girl that's ever been shoved down our necks that I've ever seen in pop culture. I, I don't know, uh, man. I don't know about this pretty plan. girl. Oh. Man, ugly tough life when you're ugly, pretty girl. It, it, An it's, ugly, it's pretty girl it. that makes millions. Yeah, never winning a race ever. All right, um, All right. my new crush yeah. though is on that golf player chick that everybody be throwing pictures around these days. There's some. Oh, I haven't seen her. Oh, you have to good. shoot me a picture good. of her. All right. Uh, not seeing. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a, is another good answer because he just seems like a prima donna asshole. And that's a, a fun match to put him on his ass. All right, let's see who's up next. Yo, what up, C3 Sam? It's your man, Josh from Mass. Hey, Josh! Buffalo fan. Y'all see me in the chat every week. But I had to call. Oh, yeah. Because of this week's news. This is some monumental news. Because I don't know if everybody is really ready for, for how nasty this defense is going to be. Ooh. I mean, we're talking. Sugar we're talking iced like tea. Some Hulk Hogan leg blocking <laughs> action going to be going on on quarterback this year. It's going to be nasty. We, we, they're they're going to they're gonna just tell us, be like, guys, you, you can't have this. You can't be doing this. To, you can't be doing this to opposing offenses. You can't be just, just shitting on their parade like this. Right? Yeah. But it don't matter. It don't matter what they say. Because they're going to have to deal with it. They're going to have to deal with us. Man, just t- try, somebody try to tell me that that defense ain't going to be some kind of nasty this year. You look at that lineup and it's like, damn. That's, that's like walking into a graduation party that you're pretty sure might be kind of a stink. And then you walk in and you're like, oh, damn. Is that, is that two, three? Three cases of Roaring Riot in cans? <laughs> oh, man, look at that. And then you look over and yes. eight bottles of Jameson. Like, oh, man, here we go. The party's on like Donkey Kong. And it's just going to be unbelievable. And I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it happen. I know y'all can't. Also, we got to give a big shout-out because yesterday was our boy Sam Mills, the man who gave us the Keep Pounding motto. It was his birthday. That's right. And he forever rests in peace. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can, we can bring a ring home for him this year, bring a, bring that Lombardi to Charlotte. Now, that'd be something, wouldn't it? Bring that Lombardi oh, yeah. to Charlotte. And also, man, I think we got to bring up the Buffalo conspiracy on the podcast more often because everybody seems to forget. They're kicking it with Cam. Cam took away a fan's hat and threw it in the trash because it was another team's hat. But what team's ha! hat was that? It was Buffalo. Buffalo. Keep boys and girls. And remember, for whatever reason, Buffalo always seems to be looming. Her, her name, Cody, is Paige Spiranek. Paige. Hello, Sp- Paige. <laughs> Hello, Paige. I am not turning the page on Paige Spiranek. And boy, it gets, I mean, there's more. She is like, uh, she, uh, well, here, I'll, I'll tell you this. She bad, bro. No doubt. She bad. She bad. She bad. On top of that, she, bad. she ain't here. 
She ain't just do golf pictures either. She don't Uh-oh, just do right, golf. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I'm telling yeah. you, Paige oh, Fahrenheit. Woo, make your blood. All right, so here I'm excited. I don't want to get too snack. <laughs> here, I got it. I'll drop it in the. I'm gonna drop it in the YouTube chat so they can at least get a taste of what this. I'm gonna do the the censored one, which is the one, and it, there's nothing. Big. <laughs> yeah, big. It's nothing, it's, it's nothing uh, crazy, but uh, here's Paige Spearnack for you, folks. Uh, the the thing here, when it comes to this defense, guys, is um, I want to be as excited as everybody, but I just need this: is I need Brian Burns to be everything you told me he was. That's it. Yeah, that's it. If Brian Burns is what who you say he is, then we gonna be nasty. If it's gonna yeah. take a, if it's one of those things that we get a little consumed in, like hey, what he can be, then it might be take a little time. All right, you're listening to C three Panthers podcast. There are still calls to go though. Hi, right, what's up, C three podcast? So fam, how y'all doing? It's called D. I'm what's just up, making a quick call. Um, I was reading this in the uh, comment section. A lot of people, I mean, yeah, Hernie did do some things in um, free agency this year. He did some great things, but come on now. Let's call spades. Come on, let's call spades a spades, guys. We all know who the real MVP of this free agency signing is, and that is our owner, David Tepper. The reason Herney is doing this stuff because he know his his ass he know his ass is on the line. Excuse my French. So hell, if you was if your job was on the line, if your boss came to you and said, "Look, you bring I want some players, somebody that's gonna make um, impact." Hell, you go out there and sign sign arguably the hottest, the best center. In free agency, um, the best, one of the best line, the top linebacker in free agency, and the top, the and the top defensive lineman in free agency, plus resigning every yeah, you do the same thing. This is the Richardson era is over. I guarantee. Let's think about this for a minute. If Temple, no Temple. Herney would not have re-signed Reed, and there would be in the phrase to see he's doing. We would have been, he would have been at the dollars. We would have players for the Dollar Tree, just like we used to. So, come on now. Yeah, Herney did a good job, but come on, let's give Tepper his due. If it, Tepper is the real MVP here. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I didn't... Anyway, excited for the season. It's, everything's going to be interesting. Let's see what happens. All right. Keep pounding. All right, last call of the night. Here it goes. Keep pounding, Carl. Hey, this is Mr. T. Money in 1993 again, okay. man. I just had a <laughs> crazy up, thought. So think about it. Cam calls himself Superman. McCoy calls himself Batman. Burns Batman. calls himself Spider-Man. And Luke is Captain America. We really on some Justice League Avengers Assemble type stuff. Hell yeah, man! Keep pounding, Panther.
Yeah, I wonder is this is that the NFC South, baby. Yeah, is that this is what you're seeing as a generation of comic book nerds of of yeah. coming up people have met, you know, is that nerd is in. Yeah, man, listen, but uh Somebody tell I, I Paige that. See. Tell Paige that these two nerds get on the damn internet every Tuesday night. Hey, listen, nerdy man. as shit. Nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, they grew up in the same era as me, man. I grew up uh you know, in love with comic books and comic book movies and and all this uh you know, I've they love it, I love it, and hey man, it, it makes it more personable, man. These are guys that are just like us, you know, they're just like everybody else. Um, I love it, man. I, when I saw Gerald McCoy on Hard Knocks, I love documentaries, which is why I'm so pumped up about All or Nothing for the Panthers, but I watch every Hard Knocks, and when I saw Gerald McCoy with his life-size Batman statue, I mean, that dude has a man cave, okay? That dude has a layer. You know, it, it's hard not to pull for Someone that personable, man. He's looking to whip ass for the Carolina Panthers. Jake DeLome says, by the way, congratulations on your getting 10 games of color color commentary on the Panthers games. But Jake DeLome in the chat says, uh, talking about Paige Spiranak, she probably sucks at golf like Anna Kornikova sucked at tennis. They just keep her around so people can tune in to see her. Was it Anna Kornikova? I thought it was the uh, there was another one that was a Russian chick that was amazingly hot. But I'm gonna say this is Jake Delome is the uh, is the only squeaky guy that's gonna kick Paige Spearneck out of bed for eating Oreos. Yeah, I mean I'm sure it's I'm gonna be lot. like this. That I'm crummy sheets. If she's a my bitch, she ain't eating Oreos. I, you eat Oreos. Okay, with you. But crumbs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can you can front teeth chew some blazed potato chips in the bed. I don't care. All right, uh, just joking. All right, that's messed up. We kidding. We just joking around here. We're excited. We had a good day. We've all had a good day today because dang, um, Gerald McCoy. All right, well, let's power. Do you want to do the quarterback thing real quick? Um. I, I want to say no. All right, let's save it for I, next week. I, 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 I feel that we can do a, a long segment on this with a lot of thoughts and intricacies yeah. and stuff. That, okay, and this guy, that's, we that's, had a lot of guests. We had a lot of things to talk yeah. about. We had a lot of calls yeah, tonight. All right, well, let's go ahead and start wrapping this. Uh, wait, I did want to see. We got uh, through the Gerald McCoy thing. Um Let's see, anything else about this? Oh, oh, I did want to mention this, guys. Um, the first Will Greer plant story is out. Albert Breer. Oh, yeah. Albert Breer says that he has not been, he hasn't seen this, but people who he knows around the Panthers organization are talking about how well Will Greer is doing in OTAs. Now, you haven't heard any of this from the Panthers media. Josh Klein from Roy and Riot has come out to say that Taylor Heineke has been the guy that has looked like the pro football quarterback out of those three guys that are back there. I told you, what is the best case scenario for Will Greer? Cam Newton, healthy. 
Will Greer. You hear stories like, hey, North Turner and him, man, is that, yeah, you can't surpass an MVP, but boy, he could step in at any moment. He's picking up that offense. You need a couple of good preseason games out of him. This is a plant. The wheel, the 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 Albert Greer story, or Albert Breer story, Albert Breer on Will Greer is a plant by Marty Herney. Again, <laughs> it's a- feeling the hern trade bait. Yeah, man. Listen, if we're able to trade Will at some point down the road, uh, listen, I, I already told you my thoughts on him. He is a very expensive insurance policy. And, and that that's about it, man. I mean, listen, I, I uh, you know, I, I hope that he's able to be a good quarterback in the future. Just not for my my Carolina Panthers. This is a team led by Cam Newton, and it should be that way for the foreseeable future. All right, let's jump in here, Matt. Guys, we've had a fantastic show. We thank you for your support. Uh, thanks for all the cat calls. You guys were great. Thanks for the chat and uh, in YouTube chat. We still got one segment. The ice up picks to get out of here but guys i have been uh we've been we've appreciated your support you're great each and every week giant show today make sure you smash that thumbs up button if you're watching on youtube turn that phone to portrait mode smash that thumbs up button and then uh itunes stitcher tune in radio subscribe leave us a review and share the show with one panther friend it helps us grow one listener at a time to grow panther nation together all right, Cody, let's jump in and get these ice up picks out of the way. I'm icing up this week a Jenna Lane, ESPN reporter who has, and let's see, I'm going to go ahead and throw the video up here. It's not a video, is that uh, Jenna Lane is the one who has fueled the fire when it comes to, uh, let me see, McCoy versus Hot Takes. Here it is. Um, Jenna Lane, ESPN, Tampa Bay. I guess she's the da- she's the David Newton to Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously, she looks better than David Newton, but her takes are just as trashy. One hour, she tweets after Indomitian Sue revealed that he would indeed be wearing number ninety three. Gerald McCoy signs with the Panthers. Not a coincidence. Well, she goes on. Gerald McCoy, we heard that people said he was sensitive. I say, setting this record straight, fires back, and he says, really, Jenna? Really? This is how stuff gets started. Complete nonsense. Stop reaching. You know me as a man. Have some integrity. I haven't responded to any of the other nonsense you write, but this is just wrong. You're reaching for no reason. Just stop, man. And then she fires back and tries to double down and says, and you know me as a human being and a reporter. You still have my my number. Like, shut up, girl. You got caught. You got burned. Just retract. 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 But no. Sensationalism, ESPN, and then the best tweet. So to you, Jenna Lane, ESPN, I say ice up, but there was a fantastic tweet that someone said, who's going to be the person that tells them about the ESPN beat reporter in Carolina? <laughs> oh! uh, and I was like, 
Because David Newton sucks. Yeah, he's like, and he's not easy to look at, Jenna. So to you, Jenna, fomenting unrest for you, hot taking it and this nonsense is that when you get called out, delete, like walk it back a little bit. Walk it back a little. Well, I don't know. Maybe it says something about her that she is just to be honest and forthright with what she was trying to do there. Jenna Lane, ice up. Cody, what you got for us? Uh, so, you know, I was about to ice up one Joe Biden. But you know what? In the middle of the show, I had to change it. Because as always, I'm on Twitter and some dumb shit just pops up in my face. I want to show everyone a video. And if you're listening on the audio podcast, check out the YouTube video. Look how dumb this is. D- This is a 74-year-old woman who injured her foot hiking somewhere in in, in Phoenix. There is a 74-year-old woman on that stretcher right now. Let me just describe this moment for you folks. Is right now a stretcher is being pulled up by a helicopter. And if you can imagine a yo-yo that has been twisted up to where you got to hold the yo-yo and let it spin out till it straightens up. They're spinning her back down. I know. They got to straighten the yo-yo up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What went wrong here? What is going on? How is this even happening? How does someone spin around like, what are they doing to this poor old lady? Oh my God. Oh my own. I mean, literally, she is spinning around so. Look, now they're just flying off. It's like we gave up. They gave up. I hope you make it all the way to the hospital. Look how fast she was moving, dude. Oh my God. Oh my God. Dude, that's a 74-year-old woman <laughs> who probably has a shattered ankle or some dumb shit. Oh, my gosh. Got, oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Is that, it that's speeds up. It speeds up, too. Like, what are they doing? And then they just leave. It's like this. We're going to fly with your twist. How does she get twisted more? They know. got her all the way to the top. Look, they're about to get her in. And then all of a sudden, she just starts like a top. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, who are you icing oh, up I, here? I don't even know, man. I, I, one, how about the woman? <laughs> why, why are you 74 years old hiking in the mountains anyway? Oh, my God. Dude, but listen, what? who? Oh. <laughs> It's hard to watch, man. Ken D says walk, Ken D says walking the dog. And I got to say, just like this isn't a base 3-4, it's a hybrid. This is a hybrid of walking the dog and around the world. Look how fast she's moving, God. dude. <laughs> oh, my God. She makes the blades look like on the helicopter look I like they're know. turning slow. Oh, my Dude, whoever was in charge of saving that poor woman. Oh, oh my oh. God. Eyes up. <laughs> I was not prepared for that, man. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. 
Oh my goodness. Oh, ice. Oh, holy cow. Cody, that is the best video ever. Oh my goodness. That is so good. All right. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. It's been a fantastic show on a night that we shouldn't have anything to talk about. We got too much to talk about and more. Next week, guys, I got some news, though. Next week, and I should have said this earlier, we are going to have to push the show back to Thursday because I'll be returning from the Big Easy. And as long as Cody can be my wingman on a Thursday, we're going to do it on Thursday. We will not miss a week, though. I will not miss a week. But my name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Cody, how can they get after you, brother? Uh, by the way, I do believe the woman lived. For those of you wondering, if that gave her a heart attack. She's still dizzy, uh, though. Oh, God. She might never not be dizzy for the rest of her life. Um, yeah, at C-O-D-Y-L-A-C on Twitter. Hit me up about fucking anything you want. I'm accessible, approachable. <laughs> We're all worn out by that video. All right. To, uh, right. subscribe whatever you know what we gotta do just celebrate because we're getting better each day and uh next week we got oh, yeah. we got some we got some real football we're gonna keep pulling those guests for you thank you charlotte vibe thank you buck what you heard gene thomas go follow all those guys in their work we got to get back with charlotte vibe and hear about this uh repelling down a they were repel some former panthers were repelling down a skyscraper to raise money We'll find out what that's about. I'll get you the scoop. But until next week, remember Thursday, you're not, we're not going to miss an episode, so you don't need to either. Keep pounding. Boom, boom. Dude, that fucking video, man. <laughs> I know, dude. That was oh, not prepared. Subscribe to the C3 Carolina Panthers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or anywhere you can catch an RSS feed. Check out carolinacatchronicles.com for the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Great cash, homie. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.